Echo 5, do you copy? Echo 5. Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Ah, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. Hey guys, welcome to the Hoth Transmissions. Echo 5 is out on a mission hunting the rebel scum Chewbacca. So today in his place, we have Echo 3 joining us as one of our new co-hosts. He's actually one of our first followers, him and his brother. So give him a warm welcome. <laughs> uh, so welcome up Echo 3. Oh, uh, what's up? What's up? All right. So today we're going to be uh, jumping into discussing the bad batch. We're getting back into reviewing those. Um, it's going to be episodes two and three. We're going to do two episodes at a time right now, just so we can kind of catch up to Visions and uh, the Book of Bubble, which is going to be coming out in about a little, about a month and a half, which we're all pretty excited for. Um, as far as news, we have some, I don't, I'm not sure if it's uh, in rumor territory, if it's actually confirmed, but they're saying Hayden Christensen joins Rosario Dawson in the Star Wars spinoff Ahsoka. What do you think of that? Oh, okay. First of all, I think it's I think it's true because she tweeted. You saw the tweet, right? No, I didn't see the tweet. Okay, so okay, that's cool. She 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 tweeted something about um, I you know, we'll probably have to pull it up. I can't remember what the tweet was, but it pretty much confirmed it to me anyway. Uh, what do you think his role is going to be in it? Obviously, the Force goes, but or do you think he's just going to be a uh, flashbacks? Yeah, that that's another thing. I, I honestly, I think let's see. So this is going to take place. This show is taking place after um, Return of the Jedi, correct? Uh, yeah, this is taking place, uh, right after Mandalorian season two, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So, so definitely force ghost, but man, I would love to see flashbacks. Like they got to put a wig. They'd have to probably put a wig on him. I don't know if he can get his hair to look that, that good again, like that long or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'd love to see flashbacks of Anakin and his prime Anakin and Ahsoka, but pr- probably, oh, heck yeah. probably force ghost, probably force ghost. I'm, I'm curious, like, um, uh... Because Matt Lanter and Ashley Eckstein had such great chemistry while recording the Clone Wars. Mm. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see Rosario and Hayden on screen together and kind of see if they can keep that, that, uh, that same chemistry. Yeah. And guys, believe it, yeah. believe it or not, this guy has not seen Clone Wars yet. Yeah. I was going to say that, but uh, I don't want people to click off as soon as I hear that. <laughs> No, 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 no. We're gonna, we're gonna get him. He's, he's a huge Star Wars fan. He just hasn't yeah. had time, but hey, we're, gonna, I, we're gonna get him into it. You know, I think I, I literally think I'm the biggest Star Wars fan that hasn't seen Clone Wars. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm gonna watch it someday. Just haven't had time. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it looks like it is a, uh, it is a, uh, confirmed that he's gonna be in it. So that's actually pretty excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. I'm actually excited for Hayden because he had so much hate from the prequels. And it's great to see that the the fan base is welcoming him back, and he's getting so much hype. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, twenty twenty two is going to be a huge year for Star Wars. You know that, right? All the stuff that's coming out. 
Well, yeah, and let's not forget Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I it's didn't... gonna be a May, I believe, the end of May or mid-May. Okay. I forget the dates. I know it's like the 16th, 17th, and 18th or something like that. Okay. Um, and I mean, also, so Boba Fett, it's it's this year, but it's really next year because what? It's the 29th of this year, right? Book of Boba Fett. Uh, yeah, I do believe it's at the end of December, which is odd. So it might be releasing Christmas, and so it's going to continue into 2022. Yeah. yeah, so we got we got Boba Fett, uh, 2022. We got um, Mandalorian season three, probably at the end of 2022. Kenobi, I'm more, I'm more excited for Kenobi than anything that's come out in Star Wars in a long time. And, oh, heck um, yeah. Bad Batch season two, and um, Andor. Andor, I think, is also coming oh, out. Oh, that's right, Andor. I forgot about Andor. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited for that. Yeah. I hope that they continue with the, like the the gritty the not the grease, the gritty style of uh, Rogue One. Yes. To Andor. But you're not the biggest Rogue One fan, I know, right? I got my reasons. <laughs> yeah. You gotta come around to it, man. It's so good. It's not so a bad good. film. It's, it's just, and it's not that I don't like it. It's just not my favorite of the series. Okay, because like some I, people have, some people have it in their top five. You're not putting it in your top five Star Wars movies. No, definitely not. Okay. Uh, the only reason I would would only be for the last 30 minutes of the film and that's the only part that I really find that exciting like the rest mm. of it char- character development uh, we'll, we'll get into all, t- into all that once uh, we cover Rogue One yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I, wonder what, hey, I wonder what your number one is though real quick just kind of interested take a guess uh, you strike me as an original trilogy guy but I think Revenge of the Sith maybe Nope. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, then. Yeah. Yeah, Empire. No. Nope. I think I even put it like, uh, what was it? One of the questions that I got today, somebody, and I responded to it, because when you get so much Star Wars content, it's really kind of hard to uh, pick your favorites on things. Yeah. Like, somebody said, who's your favorite characters? And I put Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, Luke, and Han for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I put it, but it's hard to choose because I have to categorize between trilogies. Yeah. And then what class, like, if they're, like, who's my favorite bounty hunter, who's my favorite, like, you have to break it down into that just because there's so much content, so much to pick from. Yeah. And so people go, like, oh, what's your favorite movie? I say, my normal response is, which trilogy? Yeah. Because each trilogy has their their highlights. And... Yeah, but, and, and see, that'd be part of the fun of, of doing the ranking, too. Mm-hmm. Critically thinking about what separates, why is the original trilogy better than some of the prequels and you know you know so that could be another one as well as like uh top 10 top five characters or and reasons oh yes yes characters that's nothing rank characters for me it's always hard i mean it's it's not like a interesting answer but obviously anakin and luke are my favorite characters and it's just tough to choose between which one luke or anakin i like them both and that's why i say it depends on which trilogy like original trilogy luke hands down yeah i grew up with luke luke is my ideal hero yeah. icon growing up anakin i was a teenager when those movies came out and so for anakin i was like yeah anakin's cool and all i didn't really start liking anakin until i got into the clone wars what really i, I didn't even really care for the prequels until the clone wars i thought there was so much a story that was uh being oh, wasted because i read the the revenge of the sith book and then the movie came out and I found the book a lot more interesting because it went to a lot of the thoughts behind Anakin, gave it like more reasons of why he went to the dark side. But the movie yeah. just seemed like a very sudden drop. Yeah. Then Clone Wars came out, 
and you're dealing seven seasons of Anakin and his storylines and some of the decisions and stuff that he he does. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, now I can understand why he went to the dark side. Now I understand his side of the view. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, Clone Wars definitely expands on all of it, especially Anakin. Oh, yeah. And if you love Anakin, you'll love Anakin and uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. And that's another thing. is like I find it interesting, like a lot of people that are excited for Kenobi, but that's because they all watch Clone Wars, so they get to see his personality, his character. And so he's become a lot. I mean, not saying that the movies haven't really, like, drawn out his character, but it, it's just curious, like, for you to be so excited for Kenobi, and no, all I, you've seen is the prequels, but not hey, the... I'm going to be honest. I, I love Anakin in the prequels. <laughs> I love him. I love the character. It's so interesting to me. I find I like him a lot more now that I've seen the Clone Wars. I don't, yeah, but... I don't look as Anakin as prequel Anakin anymore. I oh, see, see. I see the whole picture. Oh. That that see that that's another thing is like I feel like there's some fans who don't even care about Hayden Christensen as Anakin. They only care about the Clone Wars Anakin. No, not true. Okay, that scares the Clone me. Wars, the Clone Wars Anakin develops Hayden's Anakin a lot more. Okay, well, it makes you appreciate Hayden a lot more than, especially if you go into like a lot of the backgrounds of how George Lucas. Uh, uh, directed and how much freedom and stuff that these actors really didn't have. Yeah, you can understand. And it, like Hayden Christensen's not a terrible actor. I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah. one of my favorite movies that he did was Jumper. Oh yeah, I've seen that movie. It's a good movie. They and, had uh, Mace Windu was in it too. Samuel yeah, Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and so you kind of get to see his range a little bit more. And so jumping back to the prequels, it's like Anakin was a cool character. It's just the dialogue was what was terrible for me. Well, <laughs> not, episode, not the character I, of Anakin. It was the dialogue. First of all, I want to say I think episode three dialogue, character development, everything. I, I think episode three is just a great movie. I don't think the dialogue is bad in that one. Episode That's two, the best I version of Anakin that ep- I like. Episode two, I understand. But okay, here, here's a difference between me and you two. You hear about in the past, we'll, we'll never know what it was like to experience um, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back in theaters, right? When it first released now, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. When, when it first released... But here's the difference because, like, my mom, she was a kid when, when those came out. And so she yeah. she's so strongly connected to it. I'm young, I'm a lot – I'm about 10 years younger than you. I was a kid I, – I grew up with the prequels. To me, original trilogy and prequels, they were all Star Wars together. And so I, I hold a firm, nostalgic – like, I, I hold on to the prequels. I've always loved the prequels. Like, I, I was never – you know, the Clone Wars will, you know, make it better or whatever. I always loved them. Every single one. Phantom Menace, Tag of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, I love all of them. And that might be nostalgia might, might play might you know, it probably plays a big role in it, but I love those movies thoroughly. I think nostalgia has a lot to do with it. And I think that's kind of like why I'm tied to the original trilogy is because prequels didn't exist for me until, yeah. until yeah. after. Yeah. And so I'd watched the original trilogy multiple, multiple times before the prequels and yeah. hearing that George Lucas wasn't gonna do any more Star Wars and then all of a sudden two thousand one comes around, that first trailer rolls out and it's like episode one. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And the hype was just extreme. Yeah. And naturally, I don't know. Because I, I was still a kid when the prequels came out too. So, like, but just when I think of nostalgia, it's like the, the original trilogy just pumps out. And yeah. I remember yeah. I really enjoyed the prequels when they first came out. Jar Jar was slightly annoying, but I mean, I <laughs> yeah, Jar Jar was, yeah, for sure. 
but I appreciate the character more now that I'm kind of older. Yeah. And I don't have, I can see why people are are not a big fan of Jar Jar, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you watch it though today, he, it's actually not that big of a deal. I, I get why it probably was back in 1999. They were so and, excited and, for a Star Wars movie, but it's not that big of a deal, really. It's not that no, much. No, not at all. Yeah, That's what not... I said as an adult. I kind of appreciate it more because, like, I rewatched the the Phantom Menace, and I was like, Jar Jar's actually pretty funny. Like, I actually enjoyed Jar Jar. Yeah, Man. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's not really that. Yeah, I mean, you want somebody more annoying than Jar Jar Rose from fucking The Last Jedi. And <laughs> yeah, even though I don't know, I feel so bad for the actress though because she's so good. No, yeah, and... I'm not talking the actress. I'm saying the character. No, no, no. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I really feel bad for the, the actress because she got yeah. handed a terrible, terrible yeah. oh, character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people are hating on her so much for it. It's like it's not her fault, guys. Yeah. Because like even in Rise of Skywalker, I actually liked her a lot better because. So she, she was barely in that movie, first of all. Yeah, but the parts that she was in, I was like, okay, she's actually yeah. a lot more developed. She actually isn't as... I mean, they completely just went over and just ignored the whole... We win wars by... Love, like, the whole love between her and Finn. Like, they completely just ignored oh, that. Oh, yeah, good. And, yeah, good. And then and then I think they brought in a, a new love interest for her. I think it was... A, oh, yeah. That Ah, what's his name? Dominic Monaghan? No, 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 no. He's one of the Hobbits. He played uh, Mary. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Finn's love interest. No, 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 no. They, I mean, yeah, I mean, they gave each of them their own new love interest. Oh, yeah. They were trying to play on the whole Finn in love with Ray, but we've... Ah, that's another thing that pissed me off about Red Skywalkers. They hinted so much about Finn being Force-sensitive and then did nothing with it. Well, Finn, first of all. <laughs> yeah, we'll get more into that with the Rise of Skywalker, and that'd actually be a fun discussion. I was just talking about some of that stuff. It'd be fun to hate on that, dude. I love hating on that. It's so funny. Yeah, but when it comes to like the podcast and stuff like that, we have to remain kind of like in a neutral. Like, like if, yeah. I, if yeah. I say something negative, like Shit, that's I'll, I'll be like, oh, but, but this was good about it. Like, I like these things about it. These things kind of turned me off in the film like I'll, I'll i'll play the devil's advocate on both sides like yeah 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 because i mean and, the movies yeah as as a trilogy it was terrible but individually yeah. the films actually had a lot of entertaining parts on it yeah, as a so star wars fan they're just frustrating you know they're just frustrating as, as a star wars fan absolutely absolutely agree i want to run out of studio and get like a coffee table some couches set up like some star wars stuff and then do like a little star wars tv not a Star Wars TV show, but like a Star Wars talk show. Kind of like what they do with the Star Wars okay. show. Uh, with that, like for a YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. Yeah, that's something that we'll probably focus on down the line. Shit. Have to get me and Jimmy in there, bro. We're, we're not too far away. Well, actually not Jimmy, because Jimmy's, Jimmy's stupid. He doesn't know anything about Star Wars. He's, he might say he doesn't, but he doesn't know anything. I have to get my brother or something. Somebody knows a little more. All he knows is General Grievous is his favorite character of all time. Why? Yeah, because he's stupid. He thinks he looks cool. I mean, he's not wrong. No, no, no. He's not wrong. General Grievous is badass, but your favorite Star Wars character, I just don't, I don't know it, about it's that. It's the same reason why people like Boba Fett. Oh, he's cool. He looks cool. Oh, Boba Fett takes badass to another level, though. But Boba Fett is so cool. Okay, 
pre-prequels or after Clone Wars? Uh, Boba Fett? I'm just talking about original yeah. trilogy. I'm just talking about OT. Yeah, original trilogy, he... Not that cool. Well, in Return of the Jedi, he turns into a little, a little piece of shit. <laughs> he goes out real bad, but in Empire Strikes Back, he's pretty, he's pretty cool. In my he's, opinion. He, he, he does have an intimidating factor, but he's got that mysterious shroud around him, but nothing just, that would, like... Uh, yeah, honestly, just just like the costume and, and the weapons they put on are just so badass. Like, I want that. Yeah, I want that costume. Totally. Uh, I I will at some point have a form of Mandalorian armor. Oh, actually, I have a, I have a question for you, real quick. Who who do you think has the coolest looking armor? Boba Fett, Jango Fett, or uh, Mando? I don't know. They're all unique. Uh, they are. Mando Mando's Beskar armor is pretty legit. Like. He, it's pretty iconic, but then Django's. I like the blue on Django Fett. Mm-hmm. But I think Mandalorian for sure, just because the clean scar just looks solid. Ooh, you're taking Din Djarin, huh? The new, the I'm, new one. I'm, I might just like because he has like that scarf and just like some of the other stuff that he has on him. Oh yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. just like it's just a clean setup. Yeah, yeah, he's badass. He's badass. But Django Fett, for sure. You know, bro. I, yeah. Oh wait, so you're taking Django? Or are you taking mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, I'm Django. taking Django. I'm taking Django, bro. Django. Something about Mando, it's a small detail, but I miss the little antenna. That thing that goes over the yeah. eyes and they use that. It looks it adds an extra little coolness factor to the Mando setup. Yeah, very true. But yeah, Mando's still cool looking. Oh, hands down. Hands down. They all have their own unique thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like even like the Death Watch, they have a lot of cool uh, styles and looks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Boba Fett, the new Boba Fett thing from from Mandalorian the, with the black under, underneath and all that? Pretty sick, actually. Yeah, pr- pretty pretty fucking cool. Yeah, pretty fucking I, cool. I like what they did with it. But I'm just tired yeah. of Disney changing the the costumes up on characters like Lando. I uh, they should have just stuck with his original Empire Strikes Back look. For what? For Solo? Or what are you talking? About? Not for Solo. Solo is whatever. Uh, as far as his looks, like I get that he has a different look, but when did they change him though? They changed him in the Rise of Skywalker. They made him wear oh, what he wore in Solo. I, I dude, I, okay, I'm not even. This isn't a joke. I don't even think about the sequel trilogy. When you mention Star Wars, it the sequel does not. They, I don't. I, I just don't count them. I do not count them in my head. I just don't. Not many people do. Not many people do. Like it's not. It's not like real Star Wars to me. So I didn't even think about that. Um. Just yeah, I don't know. It's a good film. I don't hate the film. It's just could have been probably. Better. It's probably in my top five. I can understand <laughs> why. I've I've had multiple discussions with a lot of fans, and I yeah, their points and, are valid. Yeah, and, and it's not just the the last thirty minutes. It's just because I hear that a lot. Some people think the characters are boring and stuff, but I'm just like on the complete opposite end of that. I think the the characters. I I think the whole film is good, not just the la- the last part of it. But we could talk about that at a later time. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, for me, the characters are just dry. The only character I really liked was K2SO. Oh, dude, yes. He's good. And just to throw in a bunch of characters that, uh, you're supposed to feel sad for dying, but at the end of the film, I just didn't feel it. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I mean, it sucked, but I was like, eh, all right. Yeah. But when K2SO went down, I was like, I was super sad. Oh, yeah, dude, he sacrificed himself. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into episode two. Uh, 
the title would be is called Cut and Sue. Um, which you wouldn't know these characters. They're from the Clone Wars. Yes. yes. Uh, they're it, cut, obviously he's a clone that kind of defected from the clone army because he wanted a little something more out of uh, life. So he ended up getting married and having having a family. And mm-hmm. so that becomes one of the biggest points of this episode is that the Empire is now beginning to establish themselves. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to keep them safe. So you jumping in, not knowing anything about Clone Wars, and then jumping into the Bad Batch. What were your thoughts on this episode? Yeah, well, um, first thing I want to say is these two episodes, I'll get back to episode two in just a second, episode two and episode three, um, I think they're cool because they they both focus on something that no Star Wars fan um, knows, which is how, like, after the Empire took control, after Sidious took control, how how did the Republic turn into the Empire? So in, in both of these episodes, we get to see the start of that. You know, between episode three and four, we get to see how clone troopers become stormtroopers and all that. So um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me was the, um, let's see, I'm looking at your notes too. Um, when they started tracking, they're tracking every ship. Or what was the word? They yeah, used they're for? becoming like super strict with all the, the transports. And chain codes. Yeah, they need like, a, everybody needs a chain code, something like that. Yeah, I actually found uh, something interesting. One of the the Bad Batch characters, I think it was a uh, tech. He mm. was he basically said he's like clones. They didn't want to be identified by numbers. They'd give themselves names, but everybody else is lining up to get a number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, yeah. which I thought was really cool. I mean, in a sense of like seeing how the empire is like establishing themselves and how they're taking control. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's just <laughs> it's oppressive. I mean. Like, they, they got to track everybody. They, they're trying to track everybody. It, it, in contrast to the Republic, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that they, they weren't doing that, were they? No, no, definitely not. The No, the Republic's about, like, freedom and and, yeah. Free, yeah. and all that. Whereas the Empire, like, I kind of wish that they continued with a lot of, like, the Legends material as far as why the Empire existed. Mm-hmm. Palpatine, not really a nice guy, but his intentions were were to protect the galaxy. Ooh. Um, oh, in Legends, you're saying in Legends. In, Le- in Legends, yeah. Like okay, he, I was going to say, I, I didn't see that in the prequels, really. but He knew about an army coming out of the, outer, out of the I think it was the Unknown Regions. Okay. And so he knew that the Republic and the Jedi were too weak to be able to defend the galaxy against them, and so he was trying to build something that would be able to match them. Mm. And uh, so that was basically why the Empire existed. And because Palpatine had like the gift of foresight, mm-hmm. that was one of like his his strengths in the in the Force. Okay. And so I'm wondering if they're actually trying to pull in the Chiss ascendancy. I haven't I haven't really read the Thrawn, Thrawn books. I read the Thrawn comics, and the Chiss are kind of like a very intelligent race at, in the unknown regions. And so the Thrawn it naturally goes to the Empire, goes above the ranks because he's trying to figure them out. I really want to read the Thrawn books. And then I can probably throw out a little bit more of my theory on, on maybe they're trying to replace the Yuuzhan Vong, which was the initial threat with the the Chiss trying to take over. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Pretty cool. Pretty cool and, stuff with it. Um, but wait, it's it's thrown in uh, Clone Wars or Rebels? One of those. He's two. in Rebels. Rebels, okay. Yeah, and I actually liked what they did with him. In that, well, there's there's some people that are kind of complaining, but 
I actually, I, I like what they did with them. Yeah. Um, so for everybody that did watch Clone Wars, like being in this episode, getting to meet Cut and Sue, uh, and then just hearing them talk about uh, Rex that he stopped by, that left a, that got it, that got me really excited when I first heard it. And yeah. luckily we'll get to see him a little bit later in the series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, I mean, can I move on to can can I say something else that stood out to me? Or, no, 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 absolutely, dude. Like, jump around, do what you got. Like, like I, I think a huge, like one of basically the the biggest part of this episode was, you know, it does seem kind of irresponsible that the Bad Batch is taking a a child and taking them all on all these dangerous missions. But the big thing here was that Omega was choosing. Because like they they were trying to do the right thing, they were trying to put them with the family. I don't know this family from Clone Wars, but I mean, they seem like they seem like a good couple. They get, they had adopted kids or whatever. Seem like a good family. Uh, but Omega chose to not go with the family and stay with the Bad Batch. And I, I yeah. yeah, I think that's the that's one of the important things of this episode too. Yeah, because it's giving a little bit more character development on Omega, and we see that a little bit in the next episode as well. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, yeah, it is kind of irresponsible for them to take a child on these missions, but at the same time, it's kind of like. Star Wars is always like, oh, let's take this kid and turn him into this big soldier or whatever. That's true, um, yeah. And, I mean, we see it with Mando taking a child across the galaxy trying to help him find his home. Yeah. Uh, Omega is kind of different than any other child, so she's a little bit more advanced, mm-hmm. uh, especially with her intellect. And so we see that the Kaminoans are actually trying to hunt her down. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I remember watching this episode. I was curious on what uh, what the point of Omega was. Like, why are they so much after him? Why are they after her so much? And then mm-hmm. in a later episode, we find out what it is. So for those of you that are watching the Bad Batch as you listen to us, or you haven't watched it yet, we won't spoil it until we get to that episode. But uh, I think it's important that she stuck with the Bad Batch because she felt more at home with them and more safe with them. And you can tell that they're trying to protect her as well. Yeah. Even though she runs off and does stupid things. Well, yeah, and it's also I mean, I just thought of this right now while you're saying that. It's like they're from you know, they're they're brother and sister. Like they are kind of connected. So mm-hmm. it would it would it would make sense for them to want to stay together, you know. Yeah, and she's different like they are. So I mean would she oh, really yeah. be that, that's, would that's she really point. be safe yeah. if she's stuck with them? Yeah, I don't that, know. That's that's another good point. She's one of the what was it, six altered? Seven, yeah. so six, yeah. Six, yeah, six altered. Yeah, so the original Bad Batch five, and, with, and then Echo doesn't really count because he wasn't technically altered by the coming ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you first got into this, what did you think of Omega? Oh yeah, I was gonna. I was actually gonna say this. I was a little worried, man, because a lot of times you know, kid characters can take away from the action. They can take away from everything, actually. They can take away from the story. They can take away from the seriousness. And so, yeah, I was scared. I was scared. I mean, I don't, I, I guess we shouldn't talk about future episodes, but I was, I was, I wasn't a big fan at the start, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, same with, same, same with me. Like, I was kind of skeptical about Omega first coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, with Clone Wars, everybody was skeptical about Ahsoka, and Ahsoka is one of the biggest fan favorites now and she's actually mm. one of my favorite favorite jedi of all time um so let's see so 
it's interesting to jump back on like onto the the whole empire aspect it's interesting to see that how they're playing in the war being over for them to really establish themselves like we had like this big separatist war the clones were there to protect them so they're using the clones as like the familiar face so that's one of the reasons why everybody's like running goes oh yeah 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 let me get a chain code we'll totally accept this yeah yeah and so they're using that to really say oh yeah we're the heroes we're the heroes we're the heroes but in reality as we know from the uh the original trilogy the empire is not so good yeah well and that's another thing especially for somebody who's seen all of clone wars like you what a contrast of you go through seven seasons of the clones you're rooting for the clones the whole time they're, they're the good guys and now they're they're the bad guys in, in this episode or in the whole series in all bad batch the clones are the bad guys yeah, basically. I remember in the Clone Wars, I was whenever a clone died, I was like, oh, man, that's so sad. That clone yeah. was so cool. This one, I was like, yeah, shoot him, kill him, kill him. Kill yeah. another clone. It's just crazy, and it's at the snap of a finger, too. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know. It's just really interesting just to see how that's played out. Uh, and in the next episode, like we see that the clones aren't actually stormtroopers. And that's one thing that I like. If you're a Star Wars fan, you already knew that the Stormtroopers were recruits and or people that were kidnapped or forced into the military. Mm. Uh, but they're really playing into it, showing you, okay, it's like they're not trying to use the clones as their main source of their army. Yeah. I mean, it'd be yeah. super easy for them. Super easy. But how efficient actually is it? Yeah, and and um, once we get into episode three, there's more about that too. That you know the differences yeah. between clones and stormtroopers. Exactly. But um, um, so right now, like, uh, who's your favorite of the Bad Batch? Who's your favorite uh, character? At, let's see. At this point in time, probably um, probably Hunter. Yeah, I have to say Hunter too. But Rekki's kind of like throughout the entire series, he's he's grown on me. I thought he was completely stupid, but. <laughs> yeah but he's grown on me yeah uh so yeah it was very interesting to see that hunter is trying to do what's best for him he's like okay we're gonna be on these crazy missions it's no place for a kid go with cut and sue um mm. and he actually sends her with them and it's crazy how she kind of like just ditches them that's where the the courage of this kid the boldness yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the whole escape? The whole escape scene. Uh, I mean, pretty cool. <laughs> Lots of action. It was it was fun to watch. Um, uh, real quick, this was just something I was thinking about in the back of my back of my mind. This is a big reason again why I was so interested in Bad Batch was that it's it's one of those crucial moments that nobody nobody knows the facts about. As you know, Star Wars fans don't know. Um, which is how did the like the the transition period of the Republic to the Empire? Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the things that I really liked about Rebels. When I don't know if you've watched it or gotten into it, but it's that whole time frame between what happens after Revenge of the Sith all the way up to A New Hope, <laughs> uncharted territory. I, I love the difference. And if I say I haven't watched Clone Wars for for Star Wars fans, it's, it's a huge like it's a huge thing. But if it's not Rebels, it's like oh, okay, you don't go to see Rebels. Oh no, Rebels is a must see. It has so much, it has so much lore and yeah. story that you got to see it all. The one that I would say skip is uh, Resistance. Oh yeah, I'm not even. Cons- <laughs> I'm not. I, I watched it. That. I, yeah. I watched it and it was 
speaking of kiddish, yeah, it was just complete turn off. It's just like, okay, this is boring. Like, yeah, I, I I felt like it had no significance to anything in the story. Is that like an actual TV show? I I, I don't know anything about that. Is that like a real TV show with a yeah, full season? Yeah, I think they did two seasons, and it took place. Oh at, wow! It was a, it came after Rebels. Wow! And so it takes place right before the Force Awakens and goes into the Last Jedi. Wow! I'll be surprised if the if the sequel kids grow up and start defending it like the prequels. But I don't want to get into like any kind of sequel hate. But I wonder if that'll be the case like ten years, fifteen years down the road. Yeah, this guy gets the the sequels. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll put his at in the description below, so you can. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I'll I'll say you know I will say hate. I will say hate episode eight, nine, episode seven. I I kind of enjoy it actually, but um, eight and nine, yeah, strong dislike to hate for sure. Oh yeah, tons of reasons why. Yeah, especially nine. Hate uh, eight too, but nine is the worst. Nine is okay. Wait, we don't we don't want to get into all the sequel stuff, do we? No, 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 no. no. But nine was better than eight. That's just... yeah. Well, it's like they're they're both just you know they're both trash. So I mean, yeah. I I could see I hey, I could hundred percent see why why somebody would hate episode eight more than episode nine. Hundred percent. They do have a lot of uh, they do have a lot of pluses and positives, which we'll discuss later. Uh, well, okay, real, <laughs> real quick, just like episode nine, they're, they're riding on top of a star destroyer in space. How, like, they're they're and they're not floating. They're they're just they're there's a full on battle going on in the middle of space. It's I technically like, on. It's actually not happening in space. It's, it's down on Exeville, pretty much like close to the atmosphere. When they're riding on the horses. Yeah, they're not uh, in space at the point. They're they're on Exeville. Oh, okay. It's just barely like coming off the planet. I've only they seen haven't the exactly left. Once or, I've uh, that was see episode nine. I never wanted to rewatch again, so I've only seen it like once or twice. So, oh, but, fair enough. But um, yeah, I just when I was in the theaters and I saw that, I was like, what the, f- what is going on, man? Oh yeah, on? that's some cool. There's some cool stuff to go with it, and we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll post our. We'll, I'll I'll send you the schedule, and then you said you had some ideas. So we'll. Oh yeah. We, yeah. we we got a lot of good content coming up, guys. So be excited. A lot of big plans. Um. So, episode two was overall it was a lot of fun. Like, it was fun seeing old characters from Clone Wars in here, how they, how they're reacting to the Empire taking over, while the Bad Batch you've got them trying to figure out now that they're away from the cloning facility, they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do. Because at this point they have no idea what they're doing. They're still trying to figure out okay how we're gonna integrate with the Empire and survive with their new oppression and all yeah. these chain codes and so they're figuring things out as they go and it's interesting just to see how they're going to survive yeah i mean that's the thing about this episode it is really interesting and um also real quick just anybody who's on the fence if you're listening to this just thinking about watching bad batch but you're not sure that i it's really cool it's a very well-made star wars um tv show i, I recommend it quality stuff. yeah I didn't think Bad Day Filoni is really good. Like, a lot of people did complain about the Bad Batch. Like, oh, yeah, too many filler episodes. They did. Action. I, did I didn't know but, that. But the thing with Day Filoni is, like, even with The Mandalorian, like, you'll listen to us in Mandalorian Season 1 and Season 2, where a lot of stuff that happened in Season 1 that seemed like a filler episode, jumping into Season 2, those episodes had a big impact on certain aspects in Season 2. Mm-hmm. And so... So... 
anybody that understands like story writing, it's like, yeah, there's gonna be some dead parts. It's not always gonna be exciting, yeah. but a lot of it's story progression. Yeah, hey, I, I think pointless come... story progression, maybe. Yeah. Well, you don't I, have to like it all. I I didn't come across a lot of backlash for Bad Batch. You said some people didn't like it. Uh, I mean, there's on Instagram. There's always a bunch of haters that just hate just to hate. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they haven't watched it. Like people complained about Omega being a female clone, and granted, what? I had some hesit, I had some hesitations with that. I was like, uh, okay, I thought it was like a bunch of like oh, oh. political inserts. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why I dislike episode eight so much. It's like I don't want any propaganda in from the real world being forced into a TV show. But Omega actually. Is a lot better than I was expecting, and a lot I, of people didn't watch the show because of that. And I was like, "Come on, guys, don't, don't let things like that stop you from watching something. Like, give it a chance." You oh yeah, no, it, de- it definitely give Bad Batch a, a chance. It's it's a oh, good yeah, show, absolutely. And the dynamic that they have with Omega and just how she interacts with all the characters is phenomenal. Yeah. Great, great character development, great story writing. I yeah. expect nothing less from Dave Filoni. Yeah, it's it's solid. It's a good show. And so they skate this planet. They finally get the change code. Uh, I can't remember. Did the ship get damaged at the end of this episode? The ship? Did they kind of pull like a, a Mandalorian thing or it gets damaged and then the next episode it transitions? Or Yeah, yeah, it did. I think so, right? Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Because in the next episode, their ship is damaged and they have to land. And they kind of do like a similar thing with uh, what they did with Mandalorian. They spent the entire episode trying to fix the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Do you, are, are we going to episode three now? Episode three, I think, is, is, is even more interesting. I like it. I like it. Yeah. More. Yeah. I, like I said, like, episode two kind of felt like a filler for me, but at the same time, it was, it was uh, a story oh. development. They're, no, they're yeah, developing no, it the was, story. It was good. I don't, I don't think that was, I don't think episode two was filler. I think it was, it was a good episode, but I just think oh, yeah. three, three was just gets even more into like deep lore of Star Wars and stuff, you know. So, yeah, a lot of people's complaints was because the first episode was so involved and so adventurous and so exciting that once you follow it up with something like that, a lot of people kind of lose interest. Um, so it's kind of interesting jumping into episode three. It's like you kind of see them struggling because they their their rations are scarce. Like they're they're struggling to survive. So yeah, it's interesting just to see kind of like we continue to see them struggling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean th- th- that's also this that's something that's um you know that happens a lot in um, Star Wars too. Scarce, I mean, scarce, scarce resources. Yeah, I mean we saw it a little bit with Ray in the Force of Weekends, and then things just kind of worked out for her, and she didn't starve the rest of her screen time uh but that's one thing that i like i actually really like about it is that they kind of make it realistic it's not like everything's just working out for them it's like okay yeah we're gonna break off from the clone facility we're gonna go off and do our own thing and then everything's magically gonna uh, work for us we're gonna have all this money always have mm-hmm. food on screen now they're actually struggling we actually get to see them struggle yeah. and so i think it adds the kind of depth to the show yeah and be able to see how these characters survive essentially yeah yep 100 percent. and so 
there's a lot of different story arcs that are going on in the show. So like, we got Crosshair, we got the Bad Batch, and then we got uh, what's her face, uh, Omega. Um, that's what, one of the things I like about us. So we have like the main group, um, and we get to see their relationship too with Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Omega; she's becoming a more integral part of the team. Yes, and it puts more of a stake for the group. Yes. Um, let's see. Um, I, I mean, uh, the, uh, going off that real quick, I mean, there was a point in this episode where um, I think Omega's with Hunter, right, when they're fixing the ship on the outside? Yeah, and they had to go out and find that one that one piece. Yeah, and, and Hunter, and doesn't Hunter go down for some reason? He does go down, yeah, and she continues the mission. Yeah, and I mean, that that's a big, that, and this is this is probably the first episode where I'm like, oh, I don't have to be skeptical of the kid character because she's starting to progress. She, she's starting to become a part. Like, literally, she's starting to become a part of the Bad Batch. Yeah, and you can actually see that she's got the DNA of Django. Yeah, yeah. And so she's she's picking things up quick. She's got that, that initial uh, soldier aspect. She, what was it, uh, the first episode when they're escaping, she she uses the blaster and was I think she hits crosshair or, or stops him from something and it's the first time she's ever picked up a blaster and she's actually hitting stuff and so I think that's one of the things that piqued Hunter's interest is okay she's got potential yeah and yeah. I think that's one of the things that kind of really pulled her on this mission is like because he didn't want her to go at first but she's like yeah just let me go he's like all right whatever fine yeah yeah and it's a good thing he did and I mean, this is just one one part of this episode. This episode, I think, is really important for the series. <laughs> uh, we talk about crosshair crosshair as a storyline. No, no. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another part. But I, I just Omega's storyline in this episode is just one part. But crosshair storyline, extremely important. Yeah, uh, definitely. If you want to go more into Omega, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you think then, about it? Well, yeah. Then also at the end of the episode, I think um, Wrecker. Um, he makes a like he makes her room for her right inside this inside the ship. Yeah, that's right, and that and that's uh, one of the things I was talking about with like their uh, how uh, was it uh, blah, blah, how she becomes more of an integral part. Like she gets her own room. Yeah, I mean that that's basically the her arc in this in this um, episode is her becoming part of the Bad Batch, basically. Basically, yeah, and so from here on out, uh, she's definitely part of the team. Yeah. It's great to. See, it's just kind of. I don't know. It's just kind of gives you that like heartwarming feeling. Yeah. Granted, Star Wars, and it's filled with a bunch of cheesy stuff, and that's one of my favorite things on it. And one yeah. thing I really liked about it, um, and not to mention her skills, kind of continue to develop in this this episode. Her skills. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like like which part of her skills? Well, her adaptive skills. Like she's picking up things from Hunter and how he tracks like oh yeah okay. I, th- I think okay. I think she's kind of watching him and kind of like figuring out what he does in order to to do what he does yeah but for me I think my favorite episode or my favorite part of this episode was uh crosshair story arc yes <laughs> and getting to see his development yeah and also hey another thing is um Tarkin Tarkin, Tarkin in this in this show makes it so much so much more interesting. Oh yeah, and his hate for the clones. Yeah. 
And so he's basically there just to kind of like see, okay, are we making the right move in doing recruits or, or are we, are we smart for pulling in re, uh, recruits and getting rid of the, the clones? And so like mm -hmm. this, this whole, this whole part is just him kind of just testing because he hates clones in general and you can, you'll see that in Clone Wars because he makes an appearance there a few times. Oh, okay. And, and so you can kind of see how the Empire is really transitioning. So the last episode, we saw the transition, how they're reacting with the civilians and kind of how they're implementing their oppression there. Cool. Here, we mm -hmm. get to see the Empire changing on the inside and really developing and how they're, they're actually starting to, to pull through. Yeah, and now this is something that I was very interested in because why would you go from clones to uh, normal people? Clones are, are so well-trained. Um, good soldiers follow orders, you know, that's their saying. And, and they're so, you know, they're, so, they're good soldiers. So, I'm, you know, this is the thing. Why are they going from clones to um, stormtroopers? And this, is, this episode actually does get pretty in-depth into that. Yeah, and you can kind of see Crosshair kind of struggles with it because he knows that he, um, clones are getting replaced, and so yeah. he's still trying to prove his worth. Yeah. And you get to see a darker side to his character, like he's. Oh yeah. You, you when you say darker, it. I mean one. Of, this is literally one of the. I, this is one of the darkest this, moments in Star Wars. I would say so. Yeah. Outside of Anakin slaying younglings in the Jedi Temple. I, it's up I, there. It, it's up there. It, it's it's up there. Um. Because Crosshair is like extremely loyal to the Empire, mm. and this is one of the things that really sets him apart from the rest of the Bad Batch is that he's really becoming involved in the Empire. He wants to prove himself, wants to stay with them, and he gets in charge. He gets put in charge of a, a small task force to hunt yeah. down Sagarera, mm. and he takes it very seriously. Hey, real quick, what the? the why does Saw look nothing like he did in Rogue One? Like not even close. I. I couldn't even believe that was the same character. Okay, so he originally shows up in the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And so this is the transition from Clone Wars. Uh, he shows up in... I, I think he does show up in Rebels. He does show up in Rebels. And then now we see him in the Bad Batch. So, so that so means... Kind of, yeah. Okay. So he was in Clone Wars before he was in Rogue One, huh? Yeah. Rogue so, One so, okay. created gotcha. the, pulled the character from Clone Wars. Gotcha. So they had to continue the character model. Yeah, character knows the hell out of me. That's see, a fan I, of the character, but there's, a, but yeah, I, I knew because I knew, I knew his saw, character. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I knew I knew saw Guerrero from Rogue One, so I was like, if they didn't say his name, I would have no idea it's the same character. They're like nothing like, but yeah, oh, yeah just when, a, just a side note. Oh yeah, when his character was announced, everybody was like super excited. They're like, oh my gosh, the pulling star Guerrero. So it's one of the things that the reason. Why it became such a big thing for Sargeraro to be part of everything is just that it's really connecting the movies to the TV shows. That the t TV shows are something that people need to be watching if you want to be able to get like the full story. Yeah. So for like you, it's like Sargeraro, who is this guy? And then you see him in Five Batch, and it's like, okay, why does he look so different? Well, watch Clone Wars, and you'll see. Yeah. Uh, and. He's kind of like the extreme, the extremist when it comes to the rebel side. Uh -huh. 
he'll 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 do things that the rebels won't do and i think that's one thing that we don't really get to see in the movies is the darker side of the rebels yeah. um, or the rebellion i know we got to see a little bit of that in rogue one yes uh, sorry, sir uh, you got to see a little bit of that huh just a little bit yeah just a little bit <laughs> and that's what uh, i want to see more in andor is kind of like cuz he's not as extreme as Sagara. uh yeah yeah but we'll see well that's just that's one thing i like about um uh, cast in Andor. I mean, oh, actually, just Rogue One in general is you get to see, you know, in the original trilogy, it was it was a lot of black and white. Rebels were just good, 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 and you get to see the gray area of the rebels in Rogue One. Yeah, you know. But anyway, um, but yeah, that you know, when Crosshair, <laughs> I mean, all right, we could talk about the whole episode, right? Everything that happens in the episode. Oh yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we don't have to go to the timeline or anything. Man, not only does he sla- slaughter the civilians. But then once once his teammate his which isn't a clone trooper but actually it's a, it's one of the first you know what actually I think his 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 group there that that was the first stormtroopers they were the first yeah storm, that was the first group of stormtroopers yeah yeah and um one of one of the stormtroopers speaks up he's like you know, we we can't kill innocent people he shoots his he shoots his ass straight straight in the chest or in the head I can't remember he just kills him uh, right in the head spot. yeah <laughs> yeah it's like good soldiers the, follow orders yeah man just very dark stuff for star wars especially for like an animated series you know pretty cool and that's actually that's actually one thing that i really liked about this episode too it's like because we're seeing the transition into the empire and we're gonna see because i mean even in the sequel trilogy we see finn and then uh uh, i forget the girl's name lando's lando's daughter uh we see that stormtroopers do defect and that they don't always agree with what the empire is doing or what the first order is doing is lando's daughter from the sequel trilogy yeah. Yeah, so I, I can't name her. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I can't think of her name right now either. But um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but uh, we see that with these stormtroopers, like these stormtroopers don't agree with what the Empire. They're like, okay, well, these people are part of Sargeras' group, so let's just put them in cuffs, take them up. Well, yeah, and see, now that's that's another reason why it's hard to believe why they go from the clone troopers to the stormtroopers. If if Tarkin saw those stormtroopers doing what what they were doing, speaking speaking up against uh, Crosshair, he'd probably shoot them too. Yeah, it's basically just weeding out the weak. Uh, yeah, and that's probably one of the things is like because uh, Tarkin Tarkin's not a clone, and he's he's pretty loyal and and will follow the Empire, and he'll make decisions the same way Crosshair would. And so he knows that you don't have to be cloned in order to submit to orders. And so they lead a lot by fear. And I think that's one of the yeah. reasons why the other stormtroopers, even if they're hesitant before, after Crosshair shoots that guy and goes, good soldiers follow orders, he just instill fear in them. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's true. So they're like, okay, all right, well, I don't want to die next. So, so yeah. let's exactly. Let's yeah. continue going. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, uh, let's see what else. I have what a question for you. Yeah, what's up? So, um, I'm sorry. Um, so what do you think? What do you think is the main reason? Just based off this episode, what do you think is the main reason why Vampire ultimately goes with with uh, stormtroopers over clone troopers? Uh, they actually say it in an episode. They say skills can be taught. Volunteers are their best resource. Well, they they give they give actually three three different things three reasons okay that's the one that stuck out to me yeah the other two you picked up um the one of the other ones was money 
clones are expensive. Oh, that's true, yeah. Stormtroopers would be less expensive. And then the third was the host, um, Boba Fett's, or um, Jango Fett's host. Was oh, yeah, depleting. that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. His DNA was becoming very bleh because yeah, they so, used it so much. So that, that, I mean, that's just another note about the episode. They gave three different reasons for, for why they go from clone, from clone and, to storm. And we find out later why a certain character is so important because of that. Uh, Spoiler. We'll have, we'll have to talk about it later. <laughs> I can't think of it. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, but you know what? Um, the host thing isn't a huge deal because uh, obviously Jango Fett was a great sh- soldier, but they could get another soldier as a host. Yeah, exactly. You know? Skills can be taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they could get another, like, they could get another host. That wouldn't really be a problem. Yeah, because we see, like, uh, later on, like, the Empire, like, the Stormtroopers, like, they're known for the precision, even though it's the biggest joke in all of Star Wars is that Stormtroopers <laughs> miss everything. Yeah, but Which they, they, do, are, they do it in the original trilogy quite a bit. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and Stormtroopers <laughs> are known for their accuracy. Yeah. I mean, at least in this world, but in our world, it's like, yeah, Stormtroopers suck. They miss everything, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. But they're supposed to be, like, really impressive sharpshooters. Well, see, I, I think, so my, my number one reason, I think your number one reason, I think they're the same, they're actually connected, is that um, it must be it must be money. It has to be money. And so what they're saying is they can go cheaper with uh, recruiting people, recruiting people that actually believe in the Empire's goal. But also, they can, they can, teach, they can teach the skills mm-hmm. to, the, to the cheaper option. So I, th- I think those two, they, they go together. And it seems like the recruits are willing because I think one of the recruits, they're, they, they're like, oh, yeah, with the Empire. Uh, oh, yeah. We get paid. We get paid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, That's, more, yep. it's more than what the Republic did. Good point. That was something I saw in your notes I thought was, was actually really – you know, there, there's a lot of um, sectors in Star Wars, a lot of planets and stuff where people are just like Anakin, for example, he was a slave in the prequels when we first saw sure, him. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of like underprivileged people. And if you work for the Empire, I mean, maybe you don't right off the bat, you don't necessarily agree with what they're, with, with what they're saying. But, you know, you get fed, you get paid great. What you, yeah, whatever. What were you saying? No, I'm just going on with that whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's like you have the Republic, but I'm like, as you see with like the Jedi rule especially during Order 66, you see that the Jedi become, like, super corrupt. And even in some of the books, they talk about how the Jedi have become arrogant. Uh, Luke mentions it in The Rise of Skywalker about the flaws of the Jedi. The Jedi Mm -hmm. became too comfortable. And, Mm -hmm. like, even in The Phantom Menace, they're like, oh, yeah, Uh, Qui-Gon says to Padme, it's like, oh, yeah, Jedi aren't going to fight a war for you. And then Mm -hmm. the next two films, they proceed to be soldiers because they're forced into it. Yeah, and you can kind of see that not everybody looks like at the Jedi or the Republic as their saviors because the Republic ignored a lot of places, and that's why a lot of the there's a lot of planets that joined the Separatists is because the Republic just wasn't there yeah. for them, true. and so very, the Separatists were, and so so when you jump into this whole aspect, it's like you think about it, it's like okay, why would people jump into the Empire? The Empire is so evil; they're doing all these temp- terrible things. But mm-hmm. then you begin to think it's like the republic became too sub- became too polluted in politics that they ignored a lot of things, like Anakin being enslaved. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Jedi could have gone over and saved them. Like even er- uh, Qui Gon was uh, against it. He's like, oh, I can't, we can't just pull slaves out of slavery or whatever. Like his whole philosophy on it, and 
so you look at these different planets, and then the Empire comes along, and it's like, okay, well, we can jump behind them because they're doing more than what the Republic did for us. Yeah. Even if it's, uh, even if it's not good. Well, now, now, and this is just piggyback piggybacking off what you said about the the Jedi were way too political. Yeah. So this is just something that I think. I think the uh, the the prequels executed perfectly, and it's it's the tran the um the transition from the Republic to the Empire, and it's the politics. Like, why would people willingly support an empire? And it's because ever since Phantom Menace, um, Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine, um, he he planted all the all these like all, he set it up perfectly. And so maybe in in from episode three to episode four, maybe. Regular people don't really see a difference. Like they don't see much of a difference between the Republic mm-hmm. and the Empire. You know. So um, another thing, like if you're out of a job from the Republic, you know, it might be easy to just go to the Empire as a stormtrooper. You know, for example. Yeah, we actually uh, hear a little bit about that in uh, Mandalorian season two with what's his face, uh, Bill Burr's character. Oh, dude, I love Bill Burr. Oh my god. Yeah, like he makes that comment <laughs> when they're infiltrating that. Uh, Empire facility. He's yeah. Like, he's like, doesn't matter who's ruling. He's like, these people see it the same, like whether it's the Empire, Republic, First Order, blah blah blah. Yeah. He didn't say First Order because First Order's not there yet. But yeah. But but it's like, it's, if it's not the Republic, if it's not the Empire, it's going to be somebody else. So yeah. People yeah. just see military forces just coming and landing on their planet. They're all going to hate it. Yeah. Also, real, real quick, man. The droid. Okay, so this is such a side note. You can cut this out too if you want. Well, you have to cut that part out. But um, the the droids in Mandalorian look so badass when they have the super battle droids. Um, when they're on Din Djarin's, um homeworld when he's a kid. Somehow, oh, they, yeah. Somehow they, they make, make them look more terrifying. Exactly, they make them look so much more. They, they look like Terminators, bro. They make them look Basically, way more. Yeah. They make them like, look way more scary in Mando, bro. It's yeah, sick. Man, Clone Wars, they're complete. Jokes, if you ask me, but yeah, and then you throw into it, this it, whole scenario. It's like, oh man, I, if I saw those coming into my town, I'd be freaked. Yeah, <laughs> see ya. In in the prequels, they, they I mean, they're kind of scary, but I mean, they don't really look that. They don't really look that scary. But in the uh, in Mando, bro, they're so badass. They look so cool. Because they don't look so CGI like they did. In yeah. Films. Yep. And I think that's yeah. what kind of takes away a lot of the scare factor from them is, or the intimidation from them is that it's, they're animated. Yeah, and, and it's not. also how easily they're taken down. If, if you put a Jedi versus Super Battle Droid, it's it's just easy. You know, it's two mm-hmm. one one slice and they're down. But if you put them against civilians, they're you know they're a lot more scary. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. And the grittiness kind of kind of added to it. Uh, dude, Mandalorian is so important to Star. It, it literally for me, for a lot of fans, it literally saved Star Wars. It's so important to Star Wars. It's so important. I have, to, I have to agree for me, like, the the sequel trilogy, like, I was excited for them. I enjoyed them for what they were, mm-hmm. but I was losing interest, and then Mandalorian came out and re-sparked my, my hype. I'm like, okay, all right, I guess everything Disney's doing isn't isn't bad. They're actually starting to listen. They're actually starting to really, like, give us the stories that we want to hear or yeah. see yeah, and I mean, really so. jump into it. I, th- I think fans were just losing hope because we saw the sequel trilogy and we're like, all right, so we're going to be with Disney for the rest of Star Wars existence. We're going to be with Disney. 
And we saw the sequel trilogy. We were like, this is what they're, this is what we're getting. And so I lost hope, dude. I was like, I'm not even gonna check it out. Actually, you know, I didn't see Mandalorian for a year after it came out. And that's a true, that's a true story. My, my brother and my mom watched it together. And I was just like, no, I'm not Disney. Star Wars isn't Star Wars to me, but I didn't realize it was by a whole yeah. different team of creators, you know, Filoni and Favreau, completely different than Kathleen Kennedy and, and JJ Abrams. It's a different team. I didn't really realize that, but. Yeah, I think Dave Filoni is actually taking a bigger lead in a lot of the story directing. Oh, yeah, in, in Mandalorian? And just, I think, a lot of things. Oh, in the future, you're saying? For, oh, that, that'd be great. Yeah. That would be great. And not everything he's going to do is going to be fantastic. Like, honestly, he did Resistance, but I don't think he had, like, a huge hand in it. Mm-hmm. But I know that he was, like, he was a part of it, and I was kind of like, whatever. But... I, I think Favreau and Filoni work so good together because I think Favreau, I, I think Favreau is is a, is a master director. I think he is. You know, he directed Iron Man. He directed mm-hmm. the most recent thing. The most recent, Elf. like, oh, Elf. There you go. There's another classic. I mean, he, he's a master director. He's just a master at that. He knows how to direct a film. And then Filoni, besides George Lucas, Dave Filoni is he has the most knowledge out of Star Wars out of anybody in the world. It's, oh, yeah, it's, he works. He works alongside George Lucas, especially yeah. in the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's George Lucas first, and then if you have to have anybody else in the world, it's Dave Filoni. So Dave Filoni and Favreau, it's a perfect pairing. you got a perfect director and filmmaker paired with – and Filoni can direct too, but I'm just saying you pair that mm-hmm. with, with Filoni's knowledge of Star Wars, and it's a deep understanding of the core values of Star Wars. And, man, they make magic. They make magic. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things why every time there's a new animated series and I hear Filoni's name attached to it, I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And then I found out that he was part of uh, Mandalorian. I'm like, okay, all right, let's go. Let's go. I'm also excited for Kenobi because when I saw episode three of season one of The Mandalorian, when um, remember when all the other Mandos come out of hiding, they all jetpack down, they help uh, Din Djarin escape when, when he's about to die. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that I remember when I watched, I was like, "This is one of the best Star Wars pieces of Star Wars content I've ever seen." That might have been mm-hmm. my favorite episode of the first season. It was so badass. And Deborah Chow directed that episode, and she's directing every single episode of Kenobi. So I'm, that's right. You're so she, she's you know she's capable. That's why I'm excited. I love that episode. So I I, I hope that episode can, was a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. I, I hope she can uh, keep that magic up for Kenobi too. Yeah, and so that was a fun little sidebar. So yeah, I was, about, I was about to say too, we are way off track. What the hell? And that's happen? and honestly, that that happens a lot when we record. Like we're gonna be discussing the episodes, but we discuss everything Star Wars. So hopefully, you guys didn't get bored with our sidetrack. Side but uh, we really do enjoy talking Star Wars, and we there's so many different topics that we can jump on. And so every now and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll jump into them and discuss them, and then get back to the main material. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're pretty much at the end of the episode three, anyways. Uh, just a couple other points. Uh, Rampart is cool that you actually get to see him getting promoted throughout the episode. He gets promoted to Admiral, I believe. Is he a part of Clone Wars? No, 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 no. He's, I believe, he's a new character for the show. He's oh, okay. The guy that's main. He, he's basically the main Imperial that you see. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're talking about. I was just saying, like, was he? Is he? Was he a character in Clone Wars? But no. Bro, just watch Clone Wars, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I got to. 
And other thing with Crosshair is like we get to see his loyalty. We get to see him also fighting the chip that that's in his head because he's just sitting there and memories of his squad linger in his mind. Oh yeah, yeah. Once they go back, once they go back, yeah. and he gets to yeah, you start to think, oh man, is Crosshair thinking about going back to the bat? Is he is he actually having second thoughts? No, I mean based off of what we see later, I don't think he does. Um, I think, oh no, no. Based off what we that other episode, no. But way. he still cares for them. But yeah. But he's not going to let them get in his way. Yeah, but I mean, just like if if you saw episode three and you didn't see anything else, you know, you might think maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. Just maybe, just maybe. But we'll continue on that later. <laughs> yeah, Crosshair is a fuck is a freaking menace, man. Dude's a, dude is just the badass, huh? Basically, yeah. Uh, Crosshair actually might be one of my favorite. Well, probably it's probably Hunter and Crosshair are my favorites of the entire crew. Oh, not not Wrecker. Yeah, I'm backtracking on that one. Uh, Wrecker's fun for comedy, but now that I'm actually like thinking and like discussing it, um, I just really I like Hunter just because he's got that Rambo personality or that Rambo look and type, mm-hmm. and he's just got that leader that leadership. Uh, and then Crosshair. I just really like his story arc. Yeah, yeah, they're they're both they're both pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, all of them are pretty cool. Don't get me wrong, but those are two that really stand out. And then record yeah. just for his stupid comments and comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's episode two and three of the Bad Batch. Do you have any final thoughts for them? Final thoughts for the episodes. Uh, can't say I do. All right now. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, makes me really excited for the future of Bad Batch. Just this whole season together, a lot of story, a lot of different things that they're trying with it, and, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. And just to kind of jump back on um, some news, uh, I, I don't remember. Did you ever play Natural Little Republic? Yes, sir. <laughs> of course, it's the greatest Star Wars. It is the greatest Star Wars game of all time, hands down, no argument. Um. Uh, Debatable, but oh wait, wait, wait! With what? Debatable with what? I want to hear this. I actually personally think that the Dark Forces trilogy uh, series is a lot better than Not Told the Republic. Dark Forces? Yeah. Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Wow, I played. I played. uh, I don't think I. I played them all all the way through. I played them like here and there. I was young. I was really young when those came out. Yeah, Calcutarn is probably one of my favorite Jedi out of the Legends canon. Wow. Wow. And I love Dutch Old Republic, don't get me wrong. I, I see the hype behind it. Like, I, I'm personally one of it. Like, I'm on the hype train for it. Uh-huh. But I recently played through the Dark Forces series, jumped into Jedi, Jedi Knight Outcast, uh, jumped into Jedi Academy. Jedi Academy wasn't as great as Jedi Outcast and Dark, Dark Forces too, but... Mm-hmm. I actually quite like the whole story arc of Kyle Katarn. Mm-hmm. And I find those games a lot more fun to play than Night Total Republic. Well, in terms of like, first of all, like combat, I think Night Total Republic is turn-based, right? And, turn-based, um, yeah. And, Even um, story. Yeah, yeah the, the combat, I think, oh, yeah, the combat's probably more fun for the Dark Forces. Oh, I, I even think the stories are better. Ooh, wow. Wow. That's... I uh, do... 
because they even implement, I think, in Jedi Academy that you can go. Actually, no, even in Dark Forces too. Like they have two different story arcs where you're Kalkatarn, you you choose to save the Valley of the Jedi, or you choose to use it for yourself and become the next Emperor. Yeah. You know, so Mark, that's really... I think that's a hot take. I think I think you got a hot take right here. I think so. Very hot take. I know. You just gotta play them, and you can be able to tell for yourself. But for me, person, for me personally, like that's 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 what I think. Oh, I forgot. Hey, they're, yeah, they're remaking um, Kotar. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's what, actually one of the main reasons why I brought it up uh, yeah. is because uh, on PS5 it's gonna be an ex- uh, I think it's a timed exclusive, Ooh, kind of yeah. what they did with Final exclusive. Fantasy. Uh-huh. Even though Final Fantasy hasn't come out for Xbox, but luckily I have a PS4, so I didn't have to wait. Yeah. yeah. But I was looking to get rid of my PlayStation 4 just because I don't play it that much. And then they announced, not told the public, and of course I'm going to want to be one of the first people to play it. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey so, question, question for you. When they drop that, do you want it to stay completely true to the original? Do you want them to keep turn-based um, combat? Or do you want the, would you rather have the combat be more like Fallen Order? I think, I don't know, because that was one of the unique things about Night Total Republic was the turn-based system, because you'd be able to pick the force ability and then just continue. It wasn't like button mashing and trying to figure yeah. things out. If they can implement the the abilities, how they kind of, I want to say kind of how they do it in Kingdom Hearts and uh, Final Fantasy, if they can use that style into the game, I'd be okay with them. Moving into okay. a Jedi Fallen Order style. Oh, Jedi Fallen yeah. Jedi Fallen Order was cool and all, but I still think the combat lacked a, a few things. Okay. But Fallen Order, I love I I love it. Uh, yeah, I've I, actually I, been yeah. I've actually been thinking about replaying it. Yeah, solid game. The story again. I I think when when people start to say it's one of the you know it's the greatest Star Wars game of all time, that's that's overrating. But it's very mm-hmm. it's very solid. It's I mean, to me, it's like an 8.5, 9 out of 10. Great my only, complaint, my only complaint with it was it was too short. Yeah, a little too short. I agree, too. Yeah. And so, especially when compared to are... Nice oh, yeah. And Dark Forces and like previous games. But, yeah. I mean, it's still something new. And they're, I believe that Fallen Order 2 is confirmed. And I think there might be a third one. I think it might be a trilogy. Oh, oh, dude! Hey, when they went to in Bad Batch, when when they went to Braca, I thought for sure oh, yeah. we were gonna see. I thought for sure. I turned to my brother. I was like, "We're gonna see young Cal Kestis." I know for a fact. I know for a oh, fact. Yeah. That was actually a lot of uh, discussion on the internet. Like when people mentioned, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, 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 we're gonna we're gonna go see." Because they were rumoring that we're gonna see a character that that we'd seen before, and so everybody was predicting that it was gonna be Cal Kestis. Oh ended yes. Up being another, ended up being another character. I was so high. I love Cal, bro. I love Cal. I was very excited. Yeah, super, super cool character. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually excited for Jedi Fallen Order 2 and 3. I, I, I want to see more with this character, and, and especially the and, crew that he's with. Yeah, and it's, it's also important just for Star Wars games in general to have single-based, story-driven games. Not everything has mm-hmm. to be, you know, multiplayer-based, you know. It's huge. It's, the whole industry, like, literally the whole video game industry is so multiplayer centric now you don't really get a lot of quality star um story games you know yeah i've i've actually noticed that um uh, i recently actually just played a uh, bio mutant which is a single player game 
And mm-hmm. so I I grew up on single player games and I kind of miss them. And yeah, no, I've, hey, I've, I've fallen did. into we the whole did. multiplayer stuff. Yeah. Even Battlefront 2, I really enjoyed the 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 campaign that they added onto it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was passable. It wasn't anything special, but it was, it was decent, it was good enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely passable, but it was it was enjoyable. It was a start of like pushing on uh, stories. I, I, I think that. they did that with Call of Duty once. One of the games was just strictly multiplayer, and people complained because they wanted that campaign. Oh yeah. And so yeah. I think Battlefront was trying to mimic the whole uh, hype of that because they're because the first Battlefront. There was no campaign on it. It was just straight multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so they're um, trying to do something now. Um, I only got Battlefront 2 when it was completely done. I got Battlefront 2 when they had finished everything. They've added everything. All the new stuff, everything was completed. So my experience with Battlefront 2 is it's literally... It's... Shit. I said Kotar. Yeah, Battlefront 2 is up there, man. The current <laughs> Battlefront 2. I love it so much. Because I didn't have to go through when it dropped in 2017. It was unfinished. People were complaining. It was, it was terrible. But I only played. I only played the new version. It's so good. Con- contrary to popular belief, I actually like. I didn't think it was that bad of a game when it first released. A lot of people were complaining that it's like, oh yeah, it's pay to win, pay to win, pay to win. Uh-huh. Like if if you want to if you want to be able to win, you gotta do all these microtransactions. Uh-huh. Like I bought the deluxe edition and I had better like right off the bat. Yeah. And. Even some of the other characters, like I jumped in and played. It's like money can't replace skill. Well, th- they were missing prequel content, sequel I mean, content yeah. too. I think, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, those were all like expansions and stuff that they added on, which they were smart to make all that free. Well, and once, yeah, hell like yeah. the game, the game was great when it first started, but as they added more stuff into what its current state now, hundred percent, hundred percent better. I, I think the problem was calling it Battlefront. I mean, if, if you're dropping a Battlefront title, fans expect a full game. You know, everything everything that's ever come out for Star Wars, they expect all the content in one game. Because when you were a kid, oh, yeah. well, when I was a kid, the original Battlefront 1 and 2 were the most jam-packed, literally the best, one of the best Star Wars games that ever came out, was just jam-packed with content. And so if, if they're going to drop a game called Battlefront, you know, it's got to have everything. It's got to have everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that, that's an issue they ran into, I think, but. I don't know. I kind of, I, I want them to drop a few more characters though. I think it'd be a lot more fun to play with some oh. more Clone Wars characters. Oh yeah, hey, they could they could add more stuff. I mean, they don't even have Mace Windu. I think that they kind of dropped the ball when they added uh, BB-8 and the uh, other. <laughs> oh droids. yeah, you think? I I think I think that was a contractual thing by Disney because you know this is all Disney products now. I think they had to yeah, add true. more Disney characters. But yeah, obviously, I mean, we're getting BB-8 before Qui-Gon Jinn, before Ahsoka, before Mace Wind. I mean, are you kidding me? Doesn't make any sense. They, they should have thrown in Ahsoka and Asajj Ventress. I think those two characters would have been a lot better. Yeah. Hey, and forget about BB-8. Who's BB-9E? I, is that a character? Is that a real character? Uh, uh, I mean, it's the First Order uses the small black droids, and I think he, I think that droid appeared in maybe Last Jedi. But or Red Skywalker, I can't remember. I do remember seeing it on screen, but it wasn't oh, like man. a big. It wasn't like a big thing. What a, what a waste of it a villain like spot. Background. What a waste of a villain, bro. For battle. That's what I'm saying. Man, we should have had like Asajj and Ahsoka. It would have been so much better. Oh shit, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can even pick somebody from the original trilogy. I mean, there's so many villains that oh, yeah. put in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, as always, check down in the description below. We got links to our our Instagram page. Be sure to give us a follow. We love to interact with you guys there. Uh, check out our Discord. Uh, we're trying to build up a fun community for you guys to be able to go to a spot where you guys can sit here there and talk with, about Star Wars with tons of other fans. Uh, then, of course, check out our merch. We have our our uh, Teespring, which we've got a bunch of our own custom designs that uh, we did, we came up with that we felt we fell in love with, and we know that you guys will love it too. So check out all the links below. Share with friends. Uh, drop a like. Uh, do what you got to do. Uh, but we'll catch you guys next time. May the force be with you. <laughs>